Welcome to another episode of the Self-Doubt Solution, the show that helps entrepreneurs overcome the self-doubt that holds them back from achieving the next level of success, income, and personal freedom. The Self-Doubt Solution is hosted by the freedom architect, Mario Lanzarotti. Listen as Mario and his inspiring guests share practical insights and tools that help you find the shortcuts for exponential growth and success in all areas of your life. Learn how to build the mindset you need to create a life of true abundance, freedom, and fulfillment. And now, here is your host, Mario Lanzarotti. Welcome, my friends, uh, to the Self-Doubt Solution Podcast. This is your host, Mario Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect. And today, I have the pleasure of welcoming my friend, Luke Iorio. He is the producer and host of the much-talked-about On This Walk podcast, where I have recently been a guest. He's also a sought-after personal coach, and he's worked with clients on inner balance, fulfillment, peace, and spiritual direction. So really the most important things in life. Previously, Luke was the president and CEO of the Institute for Professional Excellence in Coaching, one of the most renowned coaching certification institutes in the world. And he helped it grow from five locations to over 22, spanning with graduates in 45 countries, which is absolutely amazing. And he became a CEO at just 32 years old, which I definitely want to talk about. And today he still sits on the board of directors for the Institute of Professional Excellence and Coaching. And more importantly, today he's blessing us with his time and wisdom. Luke, welcome to the show. Mario, thank you so much for having me here. Been looking forward to this. Absolutely, absolutely. Luke, I want to I want to ask you the question just for to give our audience an idea. What is it that you do specifically and how can somebody that is now listening to this conversation potentially benefit from from working with you? Hmm. Uh, honestly, I think you said most of it in in the intro. Uh, at this point, I maintain a private coaching practice. Most of that is focused on helping individuals get back to a place of deep alignment and balance and joy within their lives. Uh, most of that tends to take on a bit of a spiritual direction uh, in the way that we help individuals to connect to that. So very often it's individuals, they could be professionals, they could be leaders, they could be executives, they can be from any walk of life, honestly. And they're at a place where they're beginning to recognize there's this stuckness, there's this aliveness that's missing from them uh, that used to be fully there that they could tap into, but they recognize that's just no longer where they are and they're having challenges with reconnecting to that. That's usually when they find me. Mm, and I think that is something that a lot of people are dealing with um, in the time and age that we find ourselves in today. And for our dear listeners, my invitation is make sure you stay and listen until the very end because Luke has got a beautiful giveaway for you, which I will only share with you at the end of this conversation. Now, Luke, I'm really curious. 32 years old and you become the CEO of an institution of excellence in the professional space for coaching that spans over multiple countries all over the world. Coaching in itself is quite the the, the challenging vocation that people can go into but being the ceo of an organization at only 32 years old what was that like best way to describe it is when i had started with the organization i had, I had connected to be about 26 and the school was about four close to about 18 years ago and so coaching was not what coaching is today it was it was a 
uh, a much younger kind of profession. It was just kind of really deepening its roots in terms of what it could offer out to the world. It was in a few different circles. Uh, and so I got this, I was able to be on this unbelievable journey of maturing of both the coaching industry and coaching profession. And so uh, as I was there helping the organization originally in, in sales and marketing and then in operations, uh, ultimately I had the good fortune of being able to be the first CEO after our founder. And uh, I was just 32 at the time. It was, uh, yeah, it was pretty, it was a pretty amazing time. Um, I think the best way for me to describe it though was when I ended up working initially to, to support Bruce, to support IPEC, uh, I had come home. I had in about a two years, about three years span, uh, quit my job, moved into then uh, work with my father's boutique agency in, in business brokerage, mergers and acquisitions, quit that, used that to start a marketing consulting agency that uh, was of my own that actually led me to the connection at IPAC. And I'm finally now kind of making ends meet. We're living off of my wife's teacher's salary. And I come home one last time and say, well, Bruce made me this offer to come and join him full time, but I've got to close my consulting practice to do it. And now, so this is what the third, fourth conversation like this that I've had with my wife uh, in in a short period of time. And she just looked at me, she goes, this one feels right. Like this feels like what you should be doing. And uh, and then she joked, please stay with this one longer. <laughs> so I, was, I was there for, it worked because I was there for 17 years. <laughs> and uh, so there was just something, I don't know, it feels like there was something in my bones to to be able to support and work with people the way the coaches do and specific to, to the Institute that, that I had the honor of being a part of for so long, it was a very consciousness-based approach, meaning that it was not just simply about getting people from point A to point B. It was not simply about changing you know, and, and creating action plans to help them move forward and create that focus. It was really truly about some deep inner change work that once they would undertake, it would have a ripple effect across you know, many areas, multiple areas of their life, not just the one that they have to be focused on in a given time. And so there's something about that that just really deeply spoke to me and the ability to be able to support so many coming into the profession so that we could have a ripple effect, uh, uh, really truly a waterfall effect in the way that, that the work we were doing could get out in the world. It was an honor and it was an amazing, just an amazing ride. I don't know how else to describe mm, it. That's amazing. And, and, and in that, you said something that I want to zoom in on a little bit. You said that you know, it wasn't just about getting people from A to B. It was it was so much more than that. And I'm curious, it sounds like you have been going through quite the career shifts in your life in different paths mm -hmm. in different ways. And from mm -hmm. what I'm hearing also at quite the fast pace. So I'm curious to learn at what point did you decide there's more to life than just hitting my goals and, you know, going from mm -hmm. where I am to the next career, jumping the next career ladder, hitting the next uh, monthly revenue goal. What was that like for you? You know, it's, I think probably the best way to think about this is, you know, as, as anybody knows, when we go on our journey of, of life and career and professional relationships, it's not a straight line by any measure. Uh, and it's not even just a jagged line. It's a wheel. It's a cycle that we go through. And so the, the, you know, the, to answer the question that you, you just asked, I went through it many times. And with each time, it felt like I was deepening down the spiral into myself, into a, a closer relationship with my true nature. And so initially, it was moving away from what was probably going to be a much more traditional uh, organizational career path 
I was headed that direction. I could have easily gone that way, but something, you know, interrupted me very specifically. It was nine 11 that interrupted me here in the States. I was uh, just on the other side of the river from everything that unfolded. And I began asking questions when I was in my early twenties of, is this really the direction that I want my life to be in? Do I feel in deep congruency with where I'm headed? That led me to leave that career path and, and move more towards entrepreneurism, which at the time I thought was moving me towards a greater sense of freedom and purpose. I had no idea the undertaking that entrepreneurism is uh, at that point. It was taking on so much more uh, than I had ever anticipated. Uh, as I began to do that, I recognized there was something that was meant to be more than just myself which is what ultimately moved me into the coaching profession so that I could find a way of not only making a living, but making a difference while I was doing it. Mm. And that obviously stuck for a very, very long period of time. But the latest, I would say the last kind of walk around the wheel that I've been on started about seven years ago when even in the position that I was as CEO of this extraordinary organization doing all this great work in the world, doing work on consciousness and, and purpose and meaning. And I burnt out. I was absolutely cooked in, in what I was doing. And I did not have that deep sense of this is absolutely where I need to be. I absolutely need to do this. And it was because the, the, I achieved a lot of the things that I'd set out to achieve as an entrepreneur, as an executive, as a leader. And once I finally got there, I recognized my values are shifting and who I am is shifting. And I didn't recognize that until I hit a state of burnout because I was going through kind of the same processes that I had used to build and to achieve and to grow that I always had. And that wasn't working anymore. So my values were different and the processes by which I was relating to life needed to change as well. And so uh, for me, I, I hit a level of, of burnout because there was just misalignment with the way that I was now doing life as opposed to really being who it is that I was. And so that dropped me into this deeper, more spiritual path for myself over the last seven years. And by spiritual, I just it, it's just a, a different form of or a deeper form of consciousness, a different way of relating to the aliveness that exists within all of life. Um, it doesn't mean a, a specific religious context. And it allowed me to drop in more deeply in a lot and, and find ways of even letting more and more of who I was fall away. And as I let that fund more and more of who I really am, resonance, that harmony, that vibration, it's an energy that exists inside of every single one of us. And that all of a sudden connected me to where we're at today, which is just a, a very, very different way of relating to the world and using that essence in all the ways that I support people, whether that's through coaching or podcasting or some retreats or anything along those lines. Um, it just comes from a very different place now. Mm, I love that. And 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 there, there's a few things in there that I want to take a look at. And, you know, I'm, I'm really captivated by how you refer to burnout. You were, if I understood you correctly, you said that, mm -hmm. you know, you realized that in your previous way of operating in alignment with the values that you used to have, it produced a lot of the outcomes that, you know, you appreciated the, the monetary, the, the, the status that came with that. And then you noticed there was a shift in values internally, but your way of operating was still that of your old value system. And to me, yep. I always like to picture things and it's like you're, you keep doing the same things over and over again. And 
they work, but at some point something starts to change and you still try to do it, you know, and it's like banging your hand, head against the wall and you're like looking and it's like, why is this not working anymore? Why is this not working anymore? And that's because, you know, there has been a shift and you almost denied yourself to go with the shift. And that caused so much inner friction, so much energy waste that you ended up burning out. Did I understand that correctly? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a wonderful way of describing that. And I like that depiction of inner friction because I think the way of relating to this is that when you go through that type of shift, there is a part of you because it's connected to what has been that identity and that way of relating to and working and living mm. and, and being in the world. There's an old part of you that doesn't want to die. It doesn't want to give that up. It still wants to hold on. And so it's almost as if you've got this part of you that's holding on to this old set of circumstances and it doesn't want to let go but then there's another part of it which i learned in that process and this took me this was probably almost two years before all of a sudden i saw this just front and center where it was so obvious to me it was not only holding on to the past it was holding on to the future that was connected to that path itself so now the uh. future that i used to see was no longer true so now I've lost the certainty of who I was and the way of doing things. I've also lost the perceived certainty of where I'm headed. So now everything feels like it's uncertain. So you've got this part of you that is holding on while this other part of you is letting go. And you can feel that, that friction that's taking place. You can feel the way that those things just are not operating in harmony anymore. Um, and you also feel this this separation taking place in you so that that separation you begin to feel that separation within yourself you feel that divide taking place of moving letting certain things fall away and the other parts of you are holding on and as that begins to to kind of tear at you uh you feel not only that friction but what i ultimately had to realize was that i was creating that separation it was actually meant to be it's like the changing of the seasons there was part of me that was supposed to be released. It was supposed to be let go, that was supposed to die at that time. But I wasn't allowing it to die. I was trying to drag it forward. So it's you know, almost, you know, have your cake and eat it too. No, 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 I still want that, but I want this new path too. And mm. I had to be able to relinquish that and recognize that, you know, there are, <laughs> I forget who said it. Um, it was one of, one of the Buddhist teachers who had said, life is many deaths might have been the Dalai Lama. Life is many deaths. And it was meant to depict that we're supposed to go through this cycle. We talked about the cycle before. There are times where things need to end. They need to close out. We need to come back to that still point again for the next thing to, to, to gestate and ultimately be born and reemerge. And so when we don't allow that natural cycle to take place, that friction, that separation, that disconnect, it just reaches a whole different level. And for me, that resulted in burnout. Mm. I think this is a so much more powerful way of looking at burnout because I, I I find the whole narrative around burnout is often connected to oh you're just overworked, you know you're just right. working too much and I'm and I've been reflecting right. on that actually this you know this weekend as I as I was in nature by myself with my fiance and I was like and I reflected on this conversation I was like how do I feel because I work a lot 
And I was like, do, do I feel burned out? Do I feel like a level of like exhaustion? It's like, do I feel that? And I was, I really asked myself honestly. And the answer was, no, I don't feel that. And, and I said, do I have moments like that? And I said, yes, I do have moments. And then what do I do? And I said, well, then I go into being. Then I go into allowing. Then sometimes what happens is tears come up and I don't suppress them. And I used to suppress them. Sometimes yeah. comes up something that, I really want to express this. I want to say this. And, so, and you know, it used to be like, oh, you, but you can't say that. That's negative. You know, you don't, you want to be positive. No, 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 no. Sometimes I'm just going to give myself like five minutes of pure rage and anger. And I'm just going to say all the things. And after that, I'm not going to judge myself for that. I'm not going to feel bad about myself. I'm not going to, none, none of that. Just like, great, amazing. You've just been heard and listened to. Wonderful. And that was beautiful. And so I like how you bringing together this, like how some things are no longer in alignment, how you used to look at the future and you say, well, here's my life path. You know, I'm going to get married to this person. I'm going to have this business and then I'm going to buy this house and I'm going to move to this country. And all of a sudden you're realizing everything that I've been projecting is coming from the space of it wasn't in alignment in the first place. So naturally now your future is also no longer in alignment like the way that your past is no longer is. So what I want to bring some awareness to is this whole notion of alignment and how I find that there is the hustle culture of achieving things, of like going hard, of, 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 of grinding, and then there is living in alignment. And I'm curious, how has your experience been as you shifted away from the hustle grind culture towards living in alignment because i see a lot of people that are like mentally they're like oh that sounds really good but they're like no no, no, no i'm not gonna do this it's not gonna work out you know i'm gonna be poor uh unhealthy uh living on the streets and mm -hmm. alone yeah i you know i think you were you were getting into some of it um you know number one is that you recognize that you when when you get those moments of agitation you're more likely in this place of constant doing 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 and that place of being is is left to the side. There's also the things that stymie that, which is, as you described, when you don't let through the emotion, when you don't let through the tears and the frustration and the aggravation, you keep things very, very stuck inside of yourself. And we've been trained to do that. We've been conditioned to do that because that's mm -hmm. part of that grind type of culture is we're expected to just you know put the blinders on put your nose to the grindstone. That's a phrase that I used to use constantly in the way that I would work. And you put your head down and you just go, you miss so much of what it is that's going on. That's the path to success. That's the path to important. Of course they are, but it's this way of grinding. I mean, even just that, that word, right. Depicts this way that we're just like using all of this energy to grind it out, to be really gritty in the way that we do things. And it has a very significant toll on our physical health. It's got a toll on our stress and our nervous system. It's got a toll on our mental health and, and even our emotional and even spiritual health when we work like that, because fulfillment comes from a very, very different place. So let me start with fulfillment before I talk about alignment. Fulfillment is more of this energetic connection to something within you that feels like it's in alignment with what's inside of you is showing up outside of you. And so that fulfillment is this deep energetic connection point to who you are and what feels like these natural gifts, this natural energy, this essence that you have 
that when you're in that zone, when you're in that place, when you're being from that place of true nature, it's effortless. You could do it for hours and hours and hours every single day. And it doesn't, it takes no energy whatsoever. It's like, cool, what's next? Let's go, right? And so alignment is really getting into that place of how do we connect to that essence and then bring that outside of ourselves so that the vehicles that we have, the contributions that we make, how is it that we use different extensions of, of that natural essence, that energy that's within us? Uh, when people get to that point, the funny thing is, there are so many vehicles. There's so many ways to contribute. And it's not about it. It's, it's something I've run into. You know, when people have approached purpose, it used to drive me nuts because it was like, oh my, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? And we're looking for like this one thing. And we think that it's going to be perfect. It's got to be this. I've got to figure it out. It's got to fit exactly who I am. And we can go nuts. It's like trying to look for the absolute one perfect person in 7 billion that are on this planet to find the one relationship that you're supposed to have. It's not that. It's about stepping into the essence of who we are and then recognizing that essence, that true nature can be carried in countless vehicles. Some may fit better, some may feel better than others, but it can pour out of you. And so I know individuals that have done this type of work, and then they've actually gone back to do the exact same thing that they were doing, but their energy, their passion, their drive, their enjoyment of it, fundamentally different. And then I know of other people who have taken a complete left turn and gone in different directions in their life. And I know in a, once we really connect to that essence to you, you can just choose the ones that make the most sense either for how you feel or for what you may need in your life at this time. Mm. This is so powerful because it's contrary to what most, most of the personal development world is telling you. And I totally agree with you. And I've had that same experience where when I, when I was depressed and, and came close to the point of actual committing suicide and, and living, having lived in one and a half years of chronic pain, uh, chronic physical pain in my body, I reached a point in my life where I was like, I can no longer do anything that isn't in alignment with my heart. And I became so sensitive to that. And I realized that the yes. moment I take myself out of that, my body tells me exactly. It's like pain comes back in. Yeah. I can feel it. So I'm like, I don't want that. I do not want that. And I and I made the and I made an agreement with myself. I'm like, I will always honor fulfillment and what my heart wants over any material uh, sort of gain, even over the relationships in my life. And some people will really criticize me for that. I I prioritize this over every person in my life, every single yes. one of them. And that goes with my family, my wife. Uh, I, I love them. I love them. And I can never not honor this. And ever since I did, just like you said, you know, there's just endless energy, just, just endless energy it just keeps going and going and going. And so I love what you said about, you know, what, and what I'm hearing that is like, before you think about ending that relationship or changing that relationship, getting a new job, starting a new business, whatever that is in the external world, First, look within yourself and ask yourself the question, am I fulfilled in who I am? Not in what I do, but in who I am. And if the answer is no, then go here first. And that produces this just this unstoppable momentum in life. So I really appreciate that. And I would love to hear now, you know, you mentioned that first it's about fulfillment, then it's about alignment. Yeah, the the as we move from that that place of fulfillment, 
uh, as I was describing, it's now how do we begin to explore, to experiment with the many different ways that we can move that energy, that essence out into the world. And part of what you're looking for is exactly the way that you described it, which is that for you, there had to be that deep connection and integrity to your heart's path. Now, for me, I would describe that as resonance. There is this feel that I get when something is in alignment with me, I can feel the resonance of it. And when it's not, I can feel the distance. I can feel that friction begin to return. And no matter how hard I try, I can't, I can't get past that. It's got to be, I've got to be able to step back and say, okay, is the dissonance with what I'm looking at outside of me or is it still something in me? Because mm -hmm. it may or may not have anything to do with what I'm looking at. It still may be something I'm carrying around. And then I can have that conscious dialogue to figure it out. But as we move into that place of alignment, it really is, a lot of it is exploration and experimentation with, well, let me try to show up in this relationship from this place. Let me try to show up in what has been my work, my profession, or my job from this place. Let me use that to change the way I communicate. Let me change this the way that I lead. Let me use this to change the way I make decisions or set new goals or visions for myself that are in alignment with, with what this feels like. And honestly, you're probably going to try a bunch of different vehicles. Uh, not every single one is going to be a home run right out of the box. It's very rare, actually, that it is. Because the first thing you try, let's say it's going to be probably 70% in alignment for you. The next thing you try, maybe 75 or 80% in alignment for you. And you've got to go through those iterations to really see and feel what's the one that makes sense. And it's different for all of us. There's individuals that can find and connect to a certain profession or a certain field. And it's just, it brings them alive and they're just completely and utterly enthralled and dive into it. And they, it lights them up from that place. There's others that carry kind of a, a, a more of a multifaceted approach to who they are. And if they were to devote themselves to only that one path, they'd go insane in, in two, hmm. three years. They need multiple vehicles because they're just oriented differently. Hmm. And so we need a little bit of that, that time to experiment because the way that society would approach this, the way that conditioning approaches is you typically much more, it's got to be this path. You choose your path, you go on your path, yeah. you do this. And that's just, that's not true for a very large part of the population. Um, or it's true for a period of time until it's not. And then you need a different path again. So there's just so much variety to, to figuring out alignment. Um, I guess maybe the last piece that I'll, I'll say, just to clarify, Alignment is, you know, it's not a one or, you know, two time thing. You're going to be working on alignment the rest of your life because you're going to be working on evolving and connecting with who you are even more deeply the rest of your life. And the deeper each layer goes, the more that you need to make adjustments. Uh, it's something only because of, of conversations you and I have had as well off, offline, I think even on my show. Um, I'm just going to bring this in for a quick moment that there was a big misunderstanding around the word sin. And bringing us up for a very, very intentional purpose. So sin, which was usually attached to how we've gone wrong and there's guilt associated with it and things like that. So sin was, was this misconception around something that was very bad, uh, that we needed to be guilty for it. And really it was never more than just an archery term that meant to miss the mark. And so I bring that up because alignment is very much mm. like that. There are, as we explore, as we experiment, as we live, we're going to find moments where we just simply miss the mark. We're out of alignment again. We do not need to be guilty for it. We don't need to be shamed for it. We don't need to be blamed for it. We simply need to recognize, okay, I missed the mark. How am I going to get back to center 
and come back to this place where I can walk the journey the way that I am meant to again. And so it's this constant evolution that we're going to go on, both because we're getting deeper into ourselves, we're constantly evolving, which means what feels aligned is going to shift anyway. And as we're even on that journey, that's part of life. We're going to go a little too far left. We're going to go a little too far right. We're going to go a little too far down, a little too far up. And we just constantly use that as a place to, to gather more data, to gather more information, to say, okay, I got to come back to, to, to center. I want to come back to that place of alignment. Is it something outside of me? Is it something inside of me? Where does the work lie? It's probably a combination of both. And we use that to get back on mark. Wow. I love that. That was so profound <laughs> and, 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 and so, so fitting because I find that there's this notion of, and this is what the world is, is, is sort of trying to sell us, I find, is this, you know, once you, you, you're not allowed to, to go off the path. And when we say, when I say off the path, I mean the path that is often laid out because really you couldn't be off the path because where you are is always exactly where you're supposed to be, which is still the path, right? But to your point, from my experience, how it used to be, I, I became so attached to having to make it the right way, having to say the words the right way, having to respond to people in the right manner, having to feel the right way. And when I wasn't, I was like, oh, damn, I'm not getting it right. I'm stupid. My coach told me this. My teacher told me this. The, the workshop did this and da, da, da. And I'm recognizing just like you bring in, it's like, this is a natural flow of life. This is a natural part of life. Alignment will always be the day-to-day the, 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 the day -day practice in which we adjust. And as you were speaking, the picture that came to mind is like water flowing down a mountain. Water will always encounter obstacles, a rock here, a tree there, um, some animal there. And the water doesn't just go, Boof, oh, no, I can't go. This is not supposed to be here. No, the water just finds a way around it. It aligns right? and it will do so for the for its entire journey. That is really the journey of life, a constant alignment. And as we go through that, I find it becomes easier, easier and easier. And I find and I'm curious how you say that for me personally, one of the ways to recognize that I have elevated in consciousness is I can laugh at myself so much easier. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, you know, in my head, I'm going so oh, stupid asshole. It's like, you know, I'm a traffic it's like fucking asshole. It's like, I was like, oh no, shit, how I judged him. And then I'm like catching myself going back forwards and I'm taking a deep breath and I'm just laughing. I'm like, oh, here I am. And then the whole thing absolutely. Passes. Oh, completely. Humor and, and that ability to laugh at ourselves is is so an important part of this journey. Uh, I've you know I've talked about it at different times for actually for a number of years because it was it was a phrase that I used around awareness of that every single one of us lives in our own weird little world. And the more that we appreciate how weird our own little worlds are, the stories that we tell ourselves, the games that we play, the ways that judgment you know just slips out of us. It's like, oh my God, what am I doing? the ways that we see our conditioning pop back up where it's like, I can, oh man, I just did something and I can come, I can totally see my mom. I can see my dad doing that, right? <laughs> it's just, and we just, you know, we, we, each one of us, it's, it's, oh. I don't get to know, I don't get to know your weird little world. I can only know mine. Mm. And so it's like, let's appreciate the, the, the fun aspect of being who we are because every single one of us is 100% original. And that comes with a lot of weirdness. Let's celebrate that. There's nothing wrong with that. Let's enjoy that. 
Uh, and yes, that is to me, that is a shift in, in consciousness. Um, I used, I, I used to take myself incredibly seriously, exactly. This has got to be right. It's got to be this way. It's got to be that way. How is this all going to get presented? And just took myself overly seriously. And it honestly wasn't even fun. <laughs> it just wasn't enjoyable. <laughs> yeah. And, and now it's, it's like, come on, we're funny creatures. We do some really silly things. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I totally agree. And, you know, as you were speaking, one question kept coming up to me, you know, as you speak, bringing yourself back into alignment. And one of the tools that I have been using is forgiveness. And I know that, you know, and you also talk about forgiveness. So I'm wondering what role has forgiveness played in your life? Mm. That has probably been uh, one of the more, if not most important, you know, qualities, energies, actions to be able to bring into my life. And I do describe it as an energy first because so for so long, it was, you know, what do I need to carry around with me? Because if I let this go, am I just naive? Am I just being innocent? Am I going to allow people to take advantage of me again? Or I, I already learned that lesson. I don't want to have to learn it again. Or that person was wrong. And how could I ever, you know, allow them to get away with what it is that they, they, they've done to me? And all of these different stories that would build up and it would create such limitations in relationships and the way that I could trust and be with other people fully and openly, which is just, again, more, it's just so much more enjoyable and relaxing to be that way. And so I needed to go through that period of time of really, for me, part of it was recognizing that I never know what's in another person's journey. I have absolutely no idea is no matter the details I may know, I don't know the experience of life that they've had. I don't know the journey they have walked. I don't know the the challenges that they've been through in their life. So I have no idea what went into any number of things that might've led to this moment that I can't forgive. And if I'm going to assume in my own background, there was a reason why maybe I didn't show up the way that I wanted to at, a, at some point. I'm gonna give myself the benefit of the doubt where I'm gonna know the story that led to me acting this way, even if it wasn't the way I wanted to show up. If I can give that benefit of the doubt to myself, well, I need to be able to extend that to other people or I'm just out of integrity with what I, I believe for myself. That was one portion of it. Uh, the other is recognizing that when we don't forgive other people, we're the ones carrying that toxic mm. energy inside of us. It's not, you know, it's, it's forgiveness was always meant to be release. It was a release. It was a relief of the energy that we we're keeping bottled up. And, and the more that we release, the more that we allow that to just move through us the way that it was intended, the more we get back to that, that state of, of balance, that state of peace within ourselves. But if we hold on to all of that, we, we don't have that. We stay imbalanced at any given moment. So I had to learn that piece of it. And then ultimately, for me, it was really actually sitting with myself and learning to forgive myself in, in much deeper ways of being able to look at the moments that I didn't show up at the capacity that I wanted to, the, the things that I struggled with, the pieces where I wanted to be a, a better version, a higher version of myself. And I used to not, not only was I doing this to other people, but I was walking around with that because it was like, this is how I keep myself in line. Or, you know, I, I've, I've done these things that I wasn't happy about or proud of at any given moment. And so I've got to walk around with that the rest of my life because I've got to, you know, blame and shame and guilt myself into a better path. 
And that just carries this horrible energy with you all the time. So I needed to go through that phase of really forgiving myself and recognizing there was so much that, that may have come through at a given time that I didn't have the consciousness to recognize that it could have been different. So I was only acting from what I knew at the time. And then once I could do that, once I could recognize that as well as extend that both forgiveness and empathy to others, now all of a sudden I could find this crazy word called acceptance and self-acceptance. And all of a sudden, everything just starts settling deeper and deeper and deeper. But if you want to get to that acceptance, you've got to pass through the gateway of, of forgiveness to get there. That was that was so beautiful. And you know, you you shine light on something that we call guilt and shame. And I find the reason that so many people have such a hard time forgiving themselves and forgiving other people is because they think, you know, what you said earlier, it'll let them off the hook or yeah. it will prevent them from learning the lesson or it yeah. will help them actually do the same thing again hurt us again or it will make us hurt ourselves again and i'm i'm a very analytical person and i love looking mm -hmm. at patterns and i love looking at why do we do things and how does that benefit us and and you know because i don't believe yeah. in this idea that i can't i believe that people have something called learned helplessness and we say oh mm -hmm. i can't do it but i find the real truth is you do not want to do it because of the responsibility that comes with the potential of that action. And I find that, you know, say you did something in the past and you would call that wrong. Oh, I shouldn't have done that. And the reason you're not willing to forgive yourself is because if you think, you think if you do forgive, you're just going to do it again. Now, when we look at what is it that actually keeps patterns in place, behaviors in place, we find it's guilt. Because the guilt is part of the identity that said that is part of this behavior. I'm not good enough. Therefore, I'm going to punch this person in the face. I'm not good enough. Therefore, I'm going to steal from this person or I'm going to cheat on my partner because it's part of my identity. So it, it becomes a part of that, that behavior. Now, when we forgive, the identity shifts. We move towards a more innocent self-identity where all of a sudden this kind of behavior that was once part of an old identity just no longer fits. So I find forgiveness is an incredibly performance and life quality enhancing tool. And I'm curious, you know, how do you look at that? Yeah. I love the way that you just described that because there is so much of us that will tend to hold on to something and not forgive because it is part of our identity. Uh, at times, you know, think of, you know, think of arguments that, that, that you've gotten into where you have felt right, the other person is wrong. And so now not forgiving them or not letting them off the hook in that moment is something that builds you up because like, I feel right about this. I was in the right, I was justified. And so it gives you this sense of self-righteousness that builds us up. And that exactly, as you said, that loves attaching to our identity. And if we do that in a number of different ways, it just becomes more and more of, of who it is that we are and how we see ourselves. And so to unwind that can be scary because it can be it can be like letting part of ourselves and how we know ourselves uh, go and and letting that release. The other part of it, which I love in 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 the way that you framed it, is it also highlights that to get into self forgiveness and acceptance, it also requires an extraordinary level of self honesty. 
for us to be able to recognize that some of the answers or beliefs that we have are pretty dishonest. Meaning we know that it's not the case. We know that something doesn't feel right. We know that I'm saying this, but you know, our unconscious underneath it knows I'm doing that because that allows me to play with the I'm not good enough energy, or it allows me to play with the I'm right energy. And so we've got to end up ultimately getting very honest with what am I, what's the real purpose, the real energy, the real need, the real intention behind any of my actions. And when you take a look at what is the intention or what is the need that I'm addressing in me by not forgiving this other person, mm. keep going deeper, go deeper, not just the first answer. Well, what does that get me? What does that get me? What's underneath that? What's the real intention below that? And as you keep going down, you'll find, I think, what you're describing, which is where those shadow elements or those inner critic elements lie within us. And that's what, you know, those are the identity pieces we're holding on because it lets us either play small or just not make changes or not admit we're wrong. It's a whole other thing. And so uh, honesty is another huge piece. The only other piece I wanted to come back to as well was that when I mentioned forgiveness and the way you described it, and we bring up this word acceptance, forgiveness and acceptance do not necessarily mean that you are agreeing with what happened to you or, or whatever the circumstances is, it does not mean that you were condoning it either. In this instance, if I just go off of acceptance, it's simply saying, this is what it is. Yes. This did happen. It is a statement of fact, as clearly as you can make it, as opposed to attaching all the meaning that we attach to it, which is where all the stories and narratives then are birthed from. And so if we can simply say, this is what it is, very matter of factly, as best we're able to, now we're at a place to say, well, if that is what it is, where do I go from here? As opposed to, I can't accept that because that would be agreement. And here's my story that's attached to it. And now that window of opportunity for all these different places you can go immediately snaps shut because you must walk forward with that narrative because you wouldn't, we weren't willing to simply accept what was in front of you. So there's so much that forgiveness and acceptance opens us up back to. And just as you said before, just because you've forgiven something doesn't mean you'll forget. It is now part of who you are and your relationship to that can take the deeper meaning without carrying the energy with you. Yeah, this, this is such such an important point you just made, especially the one about acceptance. And I and I always relate to, you know, when you accept something, it's the first time that you're actually living in reality because <laughs> non-acceptance is like saying, here's a wall and the wall isn't supposed to be there. I don't, I don't agree with the fact that the wall is there and you spend your whole life talking about the fact that the wall is there and it shouldn't be there. And you're like, it does, that, that, that's insane. Like the wall is going to be there, whether you like it or not, whether you agree with it or not. Acceptance just means I accept that there's a wall and all of a sudden you have a greater access to peace. Now you are no longer wasting energy and, you know, forgiveness, real life example. I, I once had a, a best friend that we, we, we lived together, we shared an apartment together many years ago, and the relationship ended in a very toxic twist. And, you know, he did lots of things that some people would, you know, would would qualify as like Hollywood toxic level, like really bad stuff, like and to use the word bad, to just best just paint the picture. And for the longest time, I carried this grudge with me. And I was like, man, I hope like some car is going to run you over. Like I was just like, so angry and 
he had even tried to reach out to me and say, hey, I'm so sorry for, you know, it wasn't myself. And, and I'm just blocking. He's like, no, 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 no. And the moment I learned about the power of acceptance and forgiveness, and I actually called him and I said, I forgive you. And I also want to take responsibility for what I brought mm. into this relationship, because my actions in, in ways that are not necessarily known to me evoked the some of the things that you did. So I also yeah. took responsibility. And then, as I said, I forgive you for all of that. And I forgive myself. It was like wings were shooting out of my back and I could fly. And it was so yeah. beautiful. And that the weeks after that, just one call, I noticed myself in the way that I was showing up in my interactions, in my business, with my business partner, with clients. I was so much more present. You know, sales were going up. And I was like, I didn't go right. to a sales seminar. I didn't go to a business <laughs> seminar. I forgave and I accepted that this is what happened and this is how I felt. And so it was so beautiful. And, and I want to ask you, you know, with an awareness of time, because I find a lot of people have difficulty actually answering the question, how do you forgive? So I'm curious, how do you forgive Luke? Mm. For me, it's a variety of things. I've got to think this through as a process. Because it, it, it is not as much a process for me anymore. But as I was learning to really, truly take forgiveness to heart, a few things I'll draw on some things I mentioned before. Mm. First was a sense of humility. I think that was probably one of the first things. For me to be humble enough to know that I do not know what this other person's journey has been. I do not know if maybe there's a greater reason for this friction that may have occurred. Yeah. I don't yet know in me how I may have needed this, let alone contributed to this. And so I need to take a look at that piece. So that humility also then moves into a place of personal responsibility because at least shy of certain very extreme circumstances more often than not in the everyday world it is not you know one person or the other 100 percent one way zero percent the other it's usually some combination thereof and so i do look at the personal responsibility standpoint as well i recognize what is it that allows me to restore connection and peace into this situation or relationship but to do so from a place of consciousness. So it's not just about keeping the peace. It's not just about forgiving so that we can move on. It's about how do we use this as a moment that at least provides us the possibility of a strengthened relationship mm. or at least something that we both can walk away with that feels like we're more whole because we've addressed it. Even if it means we've got to part ways. Sometimes that's the best path for everybody involved, but to do that consciously, to do that with knowing that having addressed it as opposed to just letting it go allows me to connect more of the parts of myself, allows me to lean into it. So it, it's funny because there's this element of forgiveness that is pretty selfish, actually, in some ways. <laughs> and, and so it's, it's just to keep that in mind for everybody. So humility personal responsibility, how is it that we can use this for deeper connection or at least 
bringing us back to wholeness are all kind of elements, I think, of the ways in which I've learned to forgive. And it does, it, it, it has an impact on you as much as the other person. Uh, and I, I love the example that you gave because it, it, you know, if we think of the greatest relationships, the best, most intimate and, and, and just strongest relationships that we have, those are the ones that have been tested. Those are the ones that we've had challenges and we've been willing to walk into the arena as the saying goes and really confront it and address it and say, I'm not walking away from this. I'm not leaving this unaddressed. Let's have this conversation. Let's do so from a place of balance and consciousness. Uh, and I know of, of actually just even some clients that just went through something like this. And the, the, the relationship that, that came out on the other side of it for them is stronger than it's ever been. And even had people come back and thank them for, thank you for not just walking away. Thank you for not just sweeping this and saying, you know, I've had enough of this person. I'm gone. And it built so much connection and respect and honoring between those individuals because they were willing to, to, to navigate and walk through those situations together and to forgive uh, in the process. Mm, that's a, it's a very powerful combination of, of a variety of principles and tools Really, really beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, you, this conversation has been very enlightening and I could feel my body. Often I would take very deep breaths as you were speaking because the words that you were sharing are so in alignment with, you know, my true nature as well. And speaking of alignment, before we close the conversation at the beginning, <laughs> we said that you have something for our audience. And now I would love for you to speak into this. Mario, thank you. Uh, it's actually, this is an exercise. I put together a, a pretty extensive, uh, what I'll call an alignment process uh, that really helps individuals that are maybe in that place of being stuck or even just a, a need of reevaluating, recalibrating where they are right now. And it's a process that I've used for years now with many, many clients um, to take them much deeper into their process, into their consciousness and awareness of what is it that really truly matters most to me within me that I can build that outside of myself. And so uh, I've actually turned that process into a workbook. And so for, for those that are tuning in, uh, to be able to, to use that alignment process, to use that, that you know, finding and connecting to your true alignment within you, uh, you just simply go to my website, onthiswalk.com forward slash alignment. And that will give you the opportunity to download that workbook and begin this process for yourself. Amazing, amazing. And I will be sure to add this into the show notes. I will also add the best ways to connect with you, your website, your yeah. LinkedIn. Is there any other thing that you want to mention for people that yeah. listen to the conversation today? Absolutely. Because if you check out on this walk and you go to, I think it's around episode 23, you're going to get to see me interview and have this conversation with Mario and put him on the spot. <laughs> so come check it out so you can see, see Mario's answer and see his side of the conversation. Yes. Well, I think that will span a very complete picture of what you and I have been sharing yeah. in these two conversations. And I got to say, I really enjoyed our time together, Luke. So thank you very much for blessing us with your presence today. Thank you, Mario. Much appreciated. Absolutely. And thank you for deciding to tune into the Self-Doubt Solution and investing in furthering your mindset, elevating your consciousness, and altogether being better equipped to making a bigger impact in this world. This is your host, Mari Lanzarotti, the Freedom Architect, and I will see you on the next episode of the Self-Doubt Solution.